0: You're listening to Direction, a sermon series about God's direction for our lives. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. All right, how we doing, Elevate? We're doing good. All right, all right, all right, all right. Hey, look at the person sitting next to you and tell them how, you know how great it is for them to see you, right? It's it's great for them to see you. They are blessed. They are blessed. Hey, I'm glad to see you. If you don't know me, my name is Robert Andrews, one of the pastors here at Elevate Church, and we are in the second week of a series that we are calling Direction, Direction. And the truth is, we all need direction from time to time. We all need a little help knowing what to do in certain situations and knowing what to do uh, sometimes like Last week, we decided to uh, take the kids to the movies before school started. Monday, they were out of school, so we decided we were going to have a little family fun day. And so we went to the movies, you know, and so we go to the counter where we're going to, you know, get our our movie tickets and all of our stuff. And uh, my kids wanted popcorn. Now, I don't know if the popcorn that they sell in movie theaters is dipped in gold or what, uh, but we paid $12.95 for a Coke and some popcorn, $12.95, but it was Family Fun Day, so I didn't say anything, Uh, and so Sadie Kate was there as well, and so she wanted some M&M's, and I told y'all last week she's got this gift, Daddy, I love you, Daddy, I love you, you're the greatest, Daddy, can I get some M&M's, and so I said... Okay, you can get some M&Ms, and if I'm exaggerating, it's only slightly, but the cost of these M&Ms was somewhere around the cost of a kidney, okay? And so we got some M&Ms. So since we got Sadie Kate something, that meant we had to get Brianna Grace something as well. And Brianna Grace, she wanted a water, and so I'm kind of proud of her that she doesn't like like soft drinks, she just likes water, so I was kind of excited about that, but then I found out how much a bottle of water cost, At the movie theater, and it was over $5, like $5 for a bottle of water. I was, in my mind, just about to say, girl, whenever you get thirsty, you just go to the bathroom, stick your head underneath that faucet, and you get you something to drink. But I didn't say that. Of course, it's family fun day. And so she wanted some water, and she wanted some of those chewy Sweet tarts. How many of y'all know those chewy sweet tarts? Ooh. Well, since I like chewy sweet tarts, I was like, yeah, girl, I love you so much. We'll give you some chewy sweet tarts. So we got some chewy sweet tarts and all, and then it came time for us to pick our seats, okay? And they've got this screen on the counter, and it's got like a display of all the seats that you can pick. And so the woman is on the other side of the counter, and she says, pick your seat. Has anybody ever done this here? Okay. So she's like, pick your seats. And so what I did was I start touching this screen. Okay? And it wasn't recognizing me. You know what? I mean? How many of y'all got a smartphone? And have you ever done that? You gotta to touch your phone and it's not recognized. you like, I'm about to show you, I'm touching you, you know? And so that's, I'm pushing the screen more forcefully. And she says, Sir, it's not a touch screen. <laughs> and then my wife was like, Yeah, can't you read? And there's, sure enough, there's this white sticker that says, This is not a touch screen. So I felt like the lady was picking on me. I felt like my wife was picking on me Family Fun Day, and then she told me the total, the total amount for this Family Fun Day, and it was over $66, $66 for a movie. Now, have you ever felt beat up? You ever felt beat up? Just, just, just kind of just beat up, man. That, that's how I felt in that moment, just beat up. Probably the same way Alabama felt after their loss this past Monday. <laughs> Beat up. Uh, some of y'all thought I wasn't going to say nothing because it was Monday, but Alabama lost. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a point here. But when I was trying to pick that, 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 that seat, you know what I mean? No matter how hard I was touching that screen, no matter how hard I was, I was trying to select my chair, it wasn't going to work because it was not a touch Screen. So I actually needed this lady on the other side of the counter to give me some direction. I needed my wife to give me some direction to help me get things right. And again, there are times in all of our lives where that's what we need. We need somebody to give us direction, especially around the beginning of a new year. There are so many people who are asking themselves, What do I need to do? What do I need to do in this particular situation? What do I need to do with these circumstances that are surrounding my life? What do I need to do? And what I want you to understand, we talked about this last week, is that our decisions matter. Our decisions are so important. In fact, who you are today is a result of all the decisions you have made in the past. What you are going to be able to do tomorrow and who you will be tomorrow is a direct result of the decisions that you are making today. And last week, we kind of admitted that we're not always good or we're not always good at making the best decisions, right? y'all? I mean, you know, you make some bad decisions, some poor choices sometimes. Sometimes we just don't make bad decisions. Sometimes we just don't make any decision at all especially this emerging generation, especially the millennial generation. Studies are showing that millennials struggle more with indecisiveness and making decisions than any of the previous generations before them. And I believe that one of the reasons why it's so difficult for them to make decisions is because there are just so many more options that are available to them. Like when I was coming up, and you know, years ago, there there were just a few uh, options. Like think about think about television. Like when I was coming up, we had this this wooden box in our living room, and it had a screen on it. And you know what that was? It was a TV. Okay, it was this huge piece of furniture basically, and it had two knobs. It had a knob that turned it on and controlled the volume, but then it had a knob that changed the channel. And you didn't have, like, a whole lot of different options when it came to selecting the channel on the television or what you were going to watch. And I really do remember when we got cable. I remember when we got cable, and we had, like, 40 channels to choose from. You know what I mean? 40 channels, and I was just, like, amazed, man. So many choices. Now, though, if you have Direct TV or if you have... Dish or whatever. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of different channels, different options. It can be overwhelming. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or how many of y'all got Netflix? Anybody? A couple people here. Some of y'all. Wow, I know you got Netflix. Anyway, because y'all always say, "What's next on Netflix? I need to watch." But if you've got Netflix, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of options out there for you to choose from. And so some people will spend hours scrolling through netflix and because there are so many different options they don't watch anything because there's just way too many things to choose from think about cars think about cars today henry ford the founder of ford motor company once said any customer can have any car painted any color they want as long as it's black As long as it's black. So that used to be your only option. Nowadays, though, you can get green, you can get white, you can get black, you can get purple, you can get seafoam green. I've seen people paint Lucky Charms logos on the side of their car. I mean, the possibilities that exist nowadays, they really are endless. And so because of that, it's harder for some of the younger generation to sometimes make decisions. And another reason why it's harder for the younger generation to make decisions is because they're the first generation to struggle with this idea that's called the illusion of perfection. See, nowadays, because of social media, we kind of get to see everybody's highlight reel. You know what I mean? You get to see people post their perfect bodies working out, eating the perfect meal on their perfect date, on their perfect vacation. Just, it looks so perfect. We see their highlight reel and we compare their highlight reel to our behind the scenes and we think because our life isn't perfect or doesn't appear to be perfect like theirs that something must be horribly wrong with ours. And then if you're a follower of God, you sometimes hear people talk about the perfect will of God. I want to know the perfect will of God. I want to do the perfect will of God. And so because we want this perfect will of God, we're sometimes afraid that we're going to to make an imperfect decision. And so people just end up making no decision at all. And that's actually much more dangerous. That's actually much more dangerous. So today I want to talk to you about how we grow in our decision Making. How do we? How do we? How do we know? How, how do we know and grow in our decision making when it's becoming more and more difficult to decide? Where do I go to college? Should I date this individual? Should we get married? Should we have another child? Should I rent this home? Should I buy this home? Should I buy another car? Should I take this job? Should I stay at this job? Should we move to another city? How do we grow in our decision? Making The good news is, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God will always reveal to you very clearly what it is that he wants you to do. How many of y'all believe that? Really? Y'all crazy, man. There's a lot of times I don't have any idea what God wants me to do, right? That's how it is sometimes. See, so many people, though, think that if they are a follower of Jesus, that he's going to reveal to them very clearly exactly what it is that they need to do. But let me show you an interesting passage in the Word of God. It's written by the Apostle Paul. How many of y'all know who the Apostle Paul is? If there was ever a guy in the Bible that you would think God would clearly reveal his will to and what he needed to do, you would think that it would be the Apostle Paul, The Apostle Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. Man, he encountered God like in heavenly places. He started churches all over the place. If there was somebody who would be tuned in to the will of God and what it is that God wanted them to do, you would think that it would be the Apostle Paul. But look at what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, starting in verse 6. Look at what Paul says. Paul says, I know this for certain. Is that what he says? No, he says, perhaps I will stay with you a week. Two weeks? Three weeks? No, he says, perhaps I will stay with you for a while. For a while, or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. Because I really don't have any idea where I'm going next. He says, for I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. Right? He says, I know. I'm sorry. He says, I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are no people who oppose me. Y'all see that? I'm sorry, it says there are many who oppose me. You see what Paul is saying there, man? I love it. I love the fact that Paul is just like us. He's just like us. Perhaps, maybe, I hope, I'm not real sure. If the Lord... Permits, even the great apostle Paul sometimes didn't have a clear understanding of what was to come. Even the apostle Paul sometimes didn't know all the details, yet he served God and he served God very effectively. If you ever feel a little bit like Paul, man, take comfort in this that that God doesn't always show us the future. God doesn't always Show us all the details. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. Here's what the Bible says. It says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. What does that that mean? It means you can make your plans, and I can make my plans, and sometimes our plans work out. Sometimes God gives us the details, but sometimes He doesn't. And the reason why is, again, that the Lord determines our steps. Step. So more often times than not, you know how God leads us? Step by step. Step by step. See, a lot of times what you and I are asking God to do is, hey, you have show me this first step, but before I take that next step, that first step, show me the second step. Show me the third step. Show me the fourth step. We want to jump over the first step a lot of times. And God is saying, I'm not going to show you the second step until you take the next step step until you do the last thing that I told you to do. So how in the world do we grow into the perfect will of God? You do it step by step. Step by step. Again, don't jump over what God wants you to do now to do what you think he wants you to do next. Take the next step. You see last week we talked about the how the, how God, he cares about who before do. He cares about who you are and he cares about who you are becoming before he cares about what it is that you are doing. We also said that God cares about the why before the what. He cares about your motives, why you want to do certain things, why you do certain things before he cares about really what it is that you do. Our motives really do matter. And so the big thought basically for today is if you're ever saying, God, show me what to do, God, show me what to do. If you show me what to do, God, I will do it. Here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that God doesn't always show us what to do, but he will give you the wisdom to decide. God doesn't always show us what to do specifically, but God gives us the wisdom to decide and the wisdom to discern. And wisdom is one of the most important traits that you and I are supposed to seek from our heavenly Father, that's something that you and I should want in our life. If you think about Solomon in the Old Testament man if you're not a, if you 're not a church person, I don 't know if you know this or not, but when Solomon became king, he was supposed to sacrifice one bull, sacrifice one bull to God. that was the required offering well. Solomon didn't want to just do the bare minimum. He didn't want to just do what the bare minimum that was required of him. So you know what Solomon did? Instead of sacrificing one bull, you know what Solomon did? He sacrificed 1,000 bulls. a 1,000 bulls to God. It was an incredible act of worship. And so in a dream, God comes to Solomon and he says, Hey, that was pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. I, I, I saw that. I, I took note of that. And so here's the deal. I'll give you anything that you Want. Whatever you want, whatever you ask, I, I ask for it and I will give it to you. And just a little side lesson there let that, let that be a lesson that giving and generosity touches the heart of God, right? You, you can't outgive God. I mean, because of the way that Solomon gave to God, God was like, wow, I, I'll give you whatever it is that you ask. And so Solomon, again, he could have asked God for anything, but what does he ask God for? He could have asked him for riches, he could have asked him for power but he doesn't do that. What does he ask for? He says, help me be a good king. Help me make the right choices. Help me know right from wrong. Help my decisions basically to honor you. Help me lead. Help me to have the wisdom to lead your people. And again, God is just so impressed by this response. He says, wow, most people would have asked for Riches, man, most people would have asked for a 1993 Ford Mustang Cobra. Most people would have asked for power, but you didn't do that, Solomon. So you know what? I'm going to give you wisdom, but not only am I going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you all those things that you didn't ask for as well. And so that's why Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, look at what he says. He says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And do you notice that exclamation point? Getting wisdom is the best thing. It's the wisest thing you can do. That's what he's trying to tell his son. That's what he's trying to tell you and me. Getting wisdom is the best thing that you can do. The wisest thing. And then he says, and whatever else you do. If you're going to do something else besides get wisdom, you know what you need to do? You need to develop good judgment. Develop good judgment. See, (laughs) for those of us who have lived long enough, man, I look back on my life, man. I I passed 15 where I thought I knew it all, you know. And then I got to where I was 18 and I knew that I knew it all. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No, you don't. You don't know. Then you become 21. And you you get 25 and you're finally able to rent a car. You know, you think you're 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 all there, man. Then you get 30. Then you how? old am I? 37. Then you get 37 and you still realize you don't have any idea what you're doing. Anybody? Know what I'm talking about? Okay. So that's, that's, really, that's really what happens. But, but here's, here's the thing. I've gotten to the point in my life to where there have been times where I've said this. Man, I wish I knew then what I know now. I wish I knew then what I know now. You, you know what? If you're able to say that in your life, do you know what that means? That means you have developed Wisdom. Wisdom. Man, I wish I knew a lot of the stuff that I know now way back then. That's part of developing wisdom. But he says, hey, you need to develop wisdom. You need to seek wisdom and develop good judgment. Why? Because sometimes God is not going to clearly show you what it is that you need to do. But he's going to give you the wisdom to decide. So develop Good judgment. So for the rest of the time today, I want to point out three simple thoughts, three real practical things for you if you want to write them down, and uh, if you're taking notes or something like that, three three simple things, practical things that will help you if you want to get pointed in the right direction. The first thing, if you're keeping notes, you want to write it down, is if you want to be pointed in the right direction, you need to walk. You need to walk. How many of y'all like exercise? Couple of people like, oh, I do. No, you don't. Nobody likes it. It's not good. I'm just kidding. It's great for you. Okay, it's great. I know there's some people out there. But anyway, here's what I want you to see. Look at what Proverbs chapter thirteen twenty says. It says, "Walk with the wise. Walk with who? The wise. If you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. If you associate with fools, guess what? You're gonna get in trouble. Walk with the wise." And become wise, associate with fools, and get in trouble. For example, if you ever see three grown men riding in the front of a truck together in the middle of the night, I want to assure you that nothing good is ever going to come from that situation. In the words of the great theologian Travis Tritt, man, I smell T-R-O-U-B-L-E, trouble, right? Because one of them is going to say, hey, man, watch this, hold my beard, right? And it's going to go all downhill, from there. Don't do that. Think about it. It's almost impossible to live the right life when you got the wrong friends. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. I'm serious, man. Some of the people in this room, man, you want to know why your life is such a mess and why you're always in trouble? Because you associating with some fools, it's true. How many of y'all know somebody who need to hear that? Don't point if they're sitting beside you. <laughs> Walk with the wise, and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Now, some of y'all might not know this about me. Uh, I'll let y'all in on a little secret. I actually pastor a church in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Okay, it's called Elevate Church. I'm I'm I, I pastor. That's my occupation. It's not necessarily uh, who I am. I'm a, I, I do. I, I, that's my role. That's my occupation. Um, but here's, here's the deal. Um, I don't, I guess I don't look like your stereotypical pastor. Um, and that's okay. Um, you know, I don't wear suits. I like to wear flip flops. True story. I remember when I pastored another church, um, right before I'm about to preach. Okay. So I'm getting in the zone because like preachers, like you really have to pray, get your mind right. This is a, you know, this is tough. I don't know if y'all really know that, but I'm getting my mind right. I'm trying to pray. And all of a sudden I feel somebody grab my arm like my mom used to do when I'm in trouble. Seriously. So somebody grabs my arm and they, they pull me close to, to, to them so that they can whisper something in my ear. And you know what they said to me? This woman said, I just want you to know how ashamed I am to have a pastor who preaches and flip-flops. That's what they said to me right as I'm fixing to preach. I thought, that's really what you want to say to me before I stand before people and give them the message of hope. That's really what you want to say to me in my mind, I'm thinking this. That's really what you want to say to me when there could be people in the room whose eternal destination is on the line. That's really what I, I thought. I didn't say anything. But again, I, I don't like to wear suits. I don't like to wear shoes. I hate shoes. I don't like to wear socks. Uh, so I'll wear flip-flops. I don't look like a stereotypical preacher. Some people like that. Some people don't. And that's okay, okay? It takes all kinds of people to reach all kinds of different uh, folks. So, But occasionally, I will meet somebody... In public, and we'll start to talking about just life. They don't know who I am. I don't know who they are, but we'll just start kind of talking about life, and man, we'll be laughing. They'll be telling stories about whatever, and uh, they'll be cussing like a sailor, okay? <laughs> and eventually, they'll ask me, hey, well, where do you work? What is it that you do? And so I'm like, well, actually, I'm a pastor. I pastor a church, and in that moment, <laughs> their face because what happens is they start thinking about all the stuff they just said and how and how they said it and the, the most amazing thing happens in that moment. There's this transformation that takes place. The person will like stand up straighter, and they'll start talking a little more clearly. They'll change how they're to, well, God is just so good. He's blessed me. Bless my family. Praise the Lord, you know. And so you know what that shows me? This is a true story. You know what that shows me? What that shows me is that who you associate with. Who you are hanging out with, who you're around, impacts your behavior and who you're becoming. It really does. Am I right? That's why one of the most important things that you and I can do is be connected to people in the church. And I don't just mean that we come and we connect to people like one hour a week or maybe three hours a month or two hours a month, however often it is that you come on a Sunday morning. What I really mean is that you and I need to share life with one another. We need to... Connect with one another. Do life together. Invite each other into your homes, right? Share life. It's it's important. In just a couple of weeks, again, the winter semester of our small groups is about to kick off. I want to encourage each and every person who's here today to get connected. Why? Because if you walk with the wise, guess what? You'll become wise. But if you associate with fools, guess what? You'll get in trouble. So, if you want to get pointed in the right direction this year, you need to walk. The second thing that I want you to see, you want to get pointed in the right direction, you need to ask. You need to ask. Look, uh, you can believe me or not, but the truth is, every time that we ask God for wisdom, every time, He'll hear your prayer and He'll give it to you. How do I know that? Because I know that God's not a liar. And in James chapter 1, Verse five, here's what the Bible says. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask who? God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Notice it doesn't say it might be given to you. Wisdom might be given. Ask for wisdom, it might be given to you. It says it will be given to you. But if you want it, who do you have to ask? You've got to ask God. The problem is a lot of times you and I don't want wisdom in our life. We want someone to agree with what we're doing or agree with what we think, right? Have you ever had somebody come up to you and ask you for advice? And so you give it to them, man. And it's like good advice. You're like, man, where in the world did that even come from, right? You're like, man, I'm, I gave them this advice. And so it's good advice. And then they hear the advice, but then they go out and do the exact opposite of what you, you told them to do. Just me, a couple people, you know what I'm talking about? Man, the, and then they go and do the exact opposite and things get bad. And in your mind, you wonder, why in the world did they even come to me and ask me for advice in the first place? And I love to look at people who, man, it just goes bad for them and say, you should have listened to me. That's your fault. Anybody else you like that? Don't be like that. I like to do it though. But seriously, God is a loving heavenly father and he loves it when his children come to him And ask for wisdom. Here's the deal, though. You've got to spend time with God in order to ask God for wisdom. You've got to spend time with God to ask God for wisdom. Where in the world can you get wisdom from God? Where where in the world does it come from? I promise you. I promise you, you can get it every single day if you are in the precious word of God. Man, I talk to people sometimes, and they're like, I'm trying to figure out what it is that I need to do here. I'm trying to figure out how to handle this situation. I'm really asking God. And I always ask people like that, well, hey, that's great, but are you reading the Word? And they look at me like, am I supposed to be? They'll they'll look at me like they've never even thought about doing that. Folks, listen to me. The Word of God is important. It's not... It's not just important, it's vital. Do you know how all this got spun? How all this started? It started creation started by the word of God. It's it's powerful. You and I need the word of God more than we need food. Think about what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, verse 4. He says, This, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's Luke chapter 4, verse 4. For. But here's what I want you to see, too. You don't need to spend time with God. You, you want direction. You need to get in the word of God. You need to ask God. Because check this verse out. Psalm 32, verses 8 through 9. Look at what it says about God. If You ask God. I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'll advise you, and I'll watch over you. Let me stop for just a second. Isn't that what you want? that's what I want. I want God to guide me along the best pathway. I I I want God to advise me. I want God to watch over me. And And so because of that, I'm going to spend time with God and I'm going to ask God because if I don't, look at what verse 9 says. It says, don't be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and brittle to keep it under control. Bridal, did I say that right? Sorry, I'm from Pearl. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But I don't know about you guys. I don't ever want to be compared to a senseless mule. How many of y'all know some senseless mules out there? Right? I I don't want that to be said of me. So I'm going to walk with the wise, and I'm going to ask God for wisdom. And finally, the third thing... That I want you to see this morning is that you and I finally, we just need to decide. We need to decide. You ask the Heavenly Father, you walk with the wise, and finally, you decide. Now, how many of you know somebody who has a hard time making decisions? All the men should have their hands up if you're married, because what's going to happen after church is you're going to say, hey, honey, where do you want to eat? And she's gonna say, I don't know, you decide. And so you're gonna decide. She's gonna go, eh, I don't think so. And you're gonna say, All right, so you decide, right? Right, that's 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 how that's how it is. But listen to me. In life, in life, sometimes, sometimes the worst decision, in life, sometimes the worst decision is no decision at all. Man, I I remember driving down the road, never forget this, driving down the road one night and there was this raccoon that was crossing the road. And so I I see this raccoon up ahead, but as soon as my headlights hit that raccoon, you know, shined on that raccoon, that raccoon like freaked out and started panicking, started panicking. So it's like he didn't know what to do. That that raccoon was like, well, man, I'm going to go back the way that I was coming. And then he stopped and said, no, I'm going to keep on going. And then he didn't know what to do, so he said, I'm going to go back this way, and I'm going to go back this way, and, I, and again, I'm, I'm not making this up. I got to where there was no more time for a decision, and that raccoon stood up on his back legs, put his hands over his eyes like this, and was peeking, and man, I freaked out. Y'all seen squirrels do stuff like that too, though, right? They, I don't know what to do. And some of y'all are like, what happened to the raccoon? I didn't kill it. I just let y'all you know some of y'all weren't going to be able to listen nothing else. But I slowed down and I looked in the back. I'd never seen a raccoon praise God, but he was, he was, he was praising God. He was amazing. That's a true story. That's what I'm thinking he's doing. But anyway, here's the deal. (laughs) Don't be so afraid of making a mistake. The biggest mistake is just to stand in the middle. The biggest mistake is, Not making a decision in life. But how do I know if this is what God wants me to do? How do I know if it's God who is opening up this door? How do I know if this is the right choice? Here's what you've got to understand. If you're in the Word of God, the Word of God is very clear about certain things that we're supposed to do, right? The Word of God is very clear about certain things we're supposed to do and certain things that we're not supposed to do. So whenever God's word speaks, our response should always be to follow. But whenever the word is not really clear on an issue, whenever the word doesn't really outline the steps, you know what God does? He gives you wisdom to decide for yourself. See, God could have programmed you, He could have programmed me to always choose His will, to always choose what is right, and to always choose what is good, but if he did that, you and I wouldn't have the freedom to love him, the freedom to choose him. God loves us enough to give us freedom to make different choices. And there's so many people who are just freaking out about things. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And God is saying, you decide. Make a decision. Make a choice. You make the call, but what if I make a mistake? Make the call. See, I want you to see something else that the Apostle Paul says as I, as I wrap up here, as we get ready to close it out. But Paul lived his life trying to please God the same way that you should and the same way that I should. He lived his life trying to please God, and, and look at what he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul says this, So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best, to be left by ourselves in Athens. You see what he says right there? Paul doesn't say, God said, Thou shalt doest this. Paul basically says, Man, God was silent on the issue. He didn't really say anything. So, you know what? We thought it best to be left by ourselves. In Athens, look, I can assure you, there are going to be times when you have to make the decision. I'm a pastor, and yes, there are times I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is leading me, God is guiding me, that God is directing me. But other times, I make decisions based off of, I just thought it best. I just thought it best. Because I was walking with the wise. Because I was asking God. I, I just thought it best. Yes, sometimes I've chosen wrong. But that's okay. Because when you make a mistake, you know what you get? Wisdom. Wisdom to handle similar situations similar circumstances in the future differently you get to say I'm glad I know now what I know now before I make my decision now you get wisdom wisdom see I've gotten some decisions wrong and I've gotten off track but I'm thankful for Jesus because he does guide he does advise so our prayer should always be father Lead me in the right way. Father, lead me to know what's right and what's wrong. God, on the issues where you're very clear about what I need to do, Father, help my response to be I will obey. But God, where I have the freedom to choose, may I have the courage to choose what is good and the understanding that I am being empowered by your Holy Spirit begin to live the life that you've called me to live. Are you walking with the wise? Are you asking God for wisdom as you start this new year? If so, it's time to decide to do what's right. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual life. I know in a room with this many people we've all got different backgrounds, we've all got different circumstances, we've all got different situations that we're facing and I want you to know that the people you're hanging out with it matters. Walk with the wise and become wise. Who you're asking It matters. If anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask of God. Maybe you're here today and you just don't know God. So you don't even know how to ask God for wisdom. But you'd say, hey, you know what? As as I've heard the message today, I sure would like to, to know a Heavenly Father who loves me that way. Who loves me enough to die for me. Who loves me enough to give me wisdom who loves me enough to guide me and so if you'd say hey today I want to give my heart and life to Jesus I want to be saved I'm going to ask right where you are that you pray this prayer, Father forgive me for all of my sins Father today I pray that you would save me make me into a new person not a better version of the old me but a new person. I confess you as Lord today. I confess you as my Savior. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. Again, as we continue to pray, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. But I wonder today if there's anybody here who prayed to receive Christ. If you prayed to receive Christ, would you be bold and just lift your hand so that I can see and know that God's working? Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for changing lives. Thank you, Father, for saving souls. Thank you, Father, for loving us. God, I pray that you would help us to realize, Father, there is a way that you want each and every one of us to live our life, Father. And so in order for us to understand that way, we need to spend time with you. Help us to love you more and more and more each and every day. Thank you for the promise of wisdom, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.